Today's question at hand is, who is America? Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Question at Hand. I hope you like our new intro song that we have this week, courtesy of Oddly Specific. If you have not listened to his music yet, you should check him out. He's on, like, Apple Music and Spotify and kind of everything. It's, uh, he's, he's good stuff. I'm probably the reason that No Blue Faces has over a thousand plays, because I've probably played it, like, 250 of those thousand plays. Yeah, it's a good so, one. Yeah, it's solid. But we're just going to go ahead and at the beginning, we're going to go ahead and say it. This is going to be a, we're just going to put a spoiler alert out there for this week's podcast because we are going to be talking about um, Sacha Baird Cohen's yep. um, new show, Who is America? Which is today's question at hand, Who is America? And so um, if you want to watch that or Borat, I think we're going to be talking about Borat as well. So if you've not seen Borat or is it Bruno? If, if you want to talk about Bruno, we can. Yeah. Um, and then Who is America, his new show that's on Showtime. So if you want to watch those, go ahead, head over to those um, platforms. I mean, Borat's like three bucks if you can find it somewhere. It's yeah, really gas cheap. stations yeah. across the country. Um, and then Who is America is on Showtime. And it just, I mean, it's two episodes in. Yeah, two episodes so, in. Yeah. So if you want to do that, go ahead, um, cut the podcast off. You can come back after you watch them. But uh, yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and well, if you do not think you'll ever watch it and you want to be filled in, Dude, that's yeah. what we'll do. We'll fill you in. We'll We're fill be talking you in. about no all this doubt. stuff. This um this brand of comedy that Sasha Baron Cohen has really put out there, and that he fools all these people into thinking he does. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it's terrible acting or great acting, or if people are just this dumb. I I don't know. I wonder if some of it is staged and you wouldn't think so because of the content that is being put out right now and how people are like at jeopardy of losing their jobs because of this kind of thing. But I mean, you also just kind of, how does he, how does he get them to do the things that he gets them to do? Because some of it is, is just out there. Like people would not normally behave that way if there was a camera in front of their face. So I don't know how they, I don't know how exactly they pull it off. He, but yeah, he's just an expert manipulator. I think he is an expert manipulator. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, if he if he wasn't as good as it as he portrays himself in the in the shows or whatever, because I mean, most of it's unscripted. Based because I mean, if you're gonna go and interview someone and they ha are not filled in on what is going on, then you can't really script anything. You just kind of go with the flow. And he, I think he has a core agenda that he is trying to push. Yeah. But, I mean, he's just kind of making up most of it on the fly. Yeah, I think with most of these scenes, they'll have a location, maybe a, a type of person that they would want to target in a mm -hmm. certain scene. And maybe they'll the producers will go over some topics that they want Sasha Bear Cohen to bring up at any point during this interaction or something that he wants to make uh, happen in the scene. And... It's also different. Borat was really... The humor in that one is just awkwardness. Yeah. And 
<laughs> seeing yeah. people interact in a way that just makes you cringe. And Who's America, it's almost the complete opposite. There's mm-hmm. not much awkwardness behind it, but it's just disgusting in a way. It's horrifying to see that these are some of the people in power in the U.S., that these are some of the people um, that are looked up to and thought to be just exemplary leaders in the u.s yeah so i guess let's go ahead and we'll start off by talking about who he is so uh for those of you who may not know who sacha baron cohen is his name is sacha noam i don't know if you knew that baron cohen is and he's a british actor i didn't realize he was from britain until i read this yeah, thing his on accents Wikipedia. are so good because his accents are just spot on and it's insane how good his accents he has are. a few american accents and who is america mm-hmm. and just you cannot oh you can't tell that you it's can't tell that it's not i mean you can't tell that it's him but you also can't tell that that is an accent like he just makes it seem yeah so real um which is i'm wondering since he has so many characters especially in who's america mm-hmm. do you think they did all the filming for one character in a, a few weeks so he could stay in that character or do you think they had to alternate I don't know. between each character i almost think that he is good enough that he could they could alternate between characters Okay. Like, I think he is just that good. Because it would make sense if, if he would have to go back to back with the same character. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might be easier for him. Oh, yeah. Rather than going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be true, yeah. Um, so he's 46. So he's not super young, but he's not old either. Yeah. He's just kind of in the middle of his life, cruising on. He was born in Hammersmith in London. Um, I don't know if that's like a a suburb of london or where exactly hammersmith is but it's in london in the uk he's six foot three yeah he's 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 pretty tall guy um which makes his character um who's the military guy that he's playing in who's america what's that guy's name um in the way that he says it sure uh it's like iran he like gets the gravel behind the r which is funny a character named essentially like iran uh-huh but uh, it's e-r-a-n right e-r-r-a-n okay and it's then like it's Iran muhad yeah that's his last name yeah so Iran this muhad. guy his character um for him being 6'3 makes it makes it like kind of believable yeah it's i think if he was oh yeah he is kind of intimidating i feel like with the makeup and like the way that they've portrayed him and the way that he like makes his voice makes him seem kind of intimidating and so being being tall definitely helps with that um, and then his spouse is, is it Isla or Isla Fisher? I don't know. They've been married since 2010. Just a fun fact. Probably Isla. Okay. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't know. If we pronounce that, then I doubt she'll listen to our podcast, honestly. Maybe she will. <laughs> she might. Who knows? Um, so uh, at this point, she's probably tired of hearing about her husband and uh, all yeah, the bad stuff he's been, he's been like all over the news lately. <laughs> Um, and so <laughs> I think it's funny that he has made this new show and has really blown up, but, um, I know you have enjoyed his humor for a while now because of movies like Borat. Oh yeah. And I mean, I've recently been introduced to Borat, but it's super funny and it makes you, cause I don't, I mean, you, like I've said at the beginning, most of it seems unscripted for the most part. Like he just mm-hmm. kind of shows up to these events and i'm sure that he has because he so like in borat he's a news reporter from kazakhstan yeah borat was 
mid 2000s i think uh exactly 2006 sure. 2006 okay yeah. yeah i remember when that first came out and it surprisingly did pretty well at the box office i'm pretty sure but uh the idea behind that movie is that rather than having scripted lines and, and having set characters throughout the entire movie like most other movies he adopted this character um named Borat, Borat Sagdiev from Kazakhstan, who apparently is like a well-known reporter within the country. Mm-hmm. And the plot of the movie, again, if you want to watch Borat and enjoy it. I think if you're at this point, yeah, you should have already stopped the podcast. Point, so we're just going to roll with the so rest we're just going to go with this. Yep. So the plot of the movie is, is basically he gets sent to... The United States. Mm-hmm. He starts out in New York, and it's sort of Kazakhstan. this enlightening journey that he's supposed to have. He's supposed to witness all this American culture and learn so much stuff that he can take back to Kazakhstan and use. Because they're very underdeveloped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it the movie is hilarious in so many ways, and it got so much criticism for fooling all these people, but. It's at its core, it's a really funny movie. Very it, funny. It, it pokes fun of all sorts of stuff from how little Americans know about foreign cultures to mm-hmm. just how easily Americans are fooled. Yep, and it's, there's like it deals with racism and um, like our I I guess with this whole deal with Pamela Anderson, you could say that we like idolize and worship the celebrities yeah um and so i mean there's lots of really underlying messages that are portrayed throughout the whole movie even though that is not the core plot of the movie yeah it, it, it pokes fun at so much mm-hmm. in america so much in in kazakhstan and i know rightly so but kazakhstan did not receive this movie very well um, I know it was actually filmed in Romania. Oh, really? Yeah. The whole movie? Yeah. Is Kazakhstan even a real place? Yeah. Apparently, uh, okay. the villagers of... Are they really the number one exporters of potassium? Probably not. <laughs> they probably made that up because Americans believe anything they hear oh my gosh. about other countries. Uh, so, it was a village in Romania. It a glod or glod? Some pronunciation in there. Okay. Um, I'm not exactly... Huh fluent in romanian but there's a village in romania that he filmed at and i'm sure they're not paid very well for this movie and not exactly the best represented but it accomplished the goal of the movie in showing that he came from like a poverty stricken Mm -hmm. part of eastern europe yeah because the town he's in like if you were if someone were to show come and do like a presentation for at like so say you're at a Christian concert you know they always do like the compassion stuff and yeah. they show like Adopt these child. really impoverished countries that's exactly what the Kazakhstan in the movie looks like yeah like they're they're living with they're like in huts and like they like poop in the streets in water and mm-hmm. all their running water is like waste filled and I don't know it's not our what it's not an ideal situation yeah living with 
farm animals and mm-hmm. isn't there a cat he like goes in yeah he to goes grab in something, there's like a cow and there's a cow living in his house just living in his house yeah um like terrible plumbing probably not i don't think they have to, any plumbing probably it not. didn't look like it but it didn't uh, from the beginning it did not represent kazakhstan well mm-hmm. at all but that accomplished the purpose yeah. of the movie in that it was that easy to create a character in in just taking these eastern european stereotypes that there's so much poverty and they're just so strange mm-hmm. um, and how willing americans were to accept to believe that yeah. character and just mm-hmm. i don't know how they pulled that off but the just crazy character and extremely stereotypical yeah setting and everything they made was somehow believable to all these americans and so yeah i think i think uh sorry to take it back to um like the plumbing situation but when you said that and then you started talking i thought about that scene where he goes to the hotel for the first time and he like starts unpacking in the elevator and they're like this is not your room he's like what do you mean and he's he, like, no, he's like, no, it's not. Not go so to he goes in there, room. and he like has never seen like a room this big for one thing. And there's like two beds in there for him and the guy he's with. And then he goes in the bathroom and starts like washing his face in the toilet. Yeah. So I I don't think they have any plumbing in Kazakhstan. And it it was, so. it was funny that, it, as Americans we see that as so awkward just washing your face yeah you and... just you watch it and you're like why is this guy doing this like the first time you watch it and then you think about it and you're like he has no idea what a toilet is probably yeah and, and this was just incredible on sasha uh, sasha bear cohen's part yeah and... i think i think that message in itself is that we um are so accustomed to the american culture that we have no concept of what is outside of American culture. Yeah. Because there's just some, like even in, even what we consider poverty in the U S still has mm-hmm. like running water for the most part yeah. and like plumbing and toilets and things. And so, um, yeah, I do think that that is another, another piece. It was just insane that we believed or that the Americans that he interacted with saw him behaving in these ways. And just because he said he was foreign, they believed it yeah and so it shows that we are extremely the word's not selfish but we tend to place ourselves much higher than other countries in terms of our behavior and infrastructure and stuff like that mm-hmm. we're just like super blind to but the rest of the world the deep part. down i guess we can talk about some of the interactions to back this up but deep mm-hmm. down the purpose of this borat movie yes it was a comedy but deep down the purpose was really like exposing racism and bigotry in the united states Mm -hmm. especially in like southern portions of the u.s oh yeah i think i think they took that route for a specific reason and it was to um, come in contact with these like southern people who are considered to be racist yeah and And so, so like there's that scene where they're at the rodeo yeah and that guy is talking to him he's like why do you have a mustache? Yeah. <laughs> if you shaved that mustache, we wouldn't think you were a terrorist in this country or something like that. I think that. that was in Virginia. The uh, man told him. I don't know. I think it was like in like Alabama or something okay. like that. It, it, it was, was it was southeast. like in the south. I don't think it was in Virginia. Virginia is kind of considered the north in my opinion. <laughs> it's way up there. It's pretty far up there. But yeah, that he said, um, 
He said what? He said like, shave your mustache. Yeah. So every time we see a picture, every time we see a of picture a of a terrorist, it looks like, it looks you. like you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, all these interactions just showed that Americans can be super racist and super mm-hmm. just. I don't know. We don't understand a lot about foreign cultures, and so it's no so easy to have this big. No, it's because gap. we want to push American culture on everyone else. So why would we try to accept and understand other cultures? Yeah. Yeah. So it. Oh my gosh. Just pokes a lot of fun at the U.S. and how unaccepting we are of, of foreign cultures and this huge gap between us and um, so many other developed countries and us understanding other cultures. And another big sue, um, a suing party, and that was the South Carolina fraternity, that was represented rather poorly with all the all the sexual comments on the ice. It was like a spring break trip, mm-hmm. where they pick him up on the side of the yeah. road. So apparently, they felt that they were lied to, and they sued, claiming defamation. Uh, so. I don't know. He's he got sued, sued a lot. He's been sued a lot, especially from that movie, and I'm sure he will be sued a lot from this TV show that he yeah. has. A- apparently, the fine print in Borat basically got them around all these lawsuits, and they had a very well written contract for having people quickly scan over it and sign for an appearance release. But the contract largely pushed all liability away from them if anyone were to sue. So. He got away with quite a bit in Borat. I don't know. I feel like he's taking it to a whole new level with Who's America, though. Yeah, this is extremely dangerous, and he's probably lost oh, yeah. I'm quite sure, a few fans. I'm sure it's uncharted territory in the terms of the media to expose people in this way that he is. Yeah, how many times have you seen a show with the specific purpose of exposing corruption and, and racism and mm-hmm. sexism within our own government and within our, our own yeah. power pyramids and it's it's not just politicians either it's looking at, at what was it today there was someone who was popular on the bachelor yeah it was corinne olympius olympios yeah. olympios yeah and uh it's 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 mainly politicians mm-hmm. but quite a few people outside of that yeah so, um, so Who is America is a show that is currently running on Showtime. It's two episodes in, but it is a another Sacha Baron Cohen, I guess. I mean, he writes it and directs it, and so it, it's very much pushing his agenda of exposing the like racism and yeah, it's things of it's that not nature. necessarily targeted at certain people as much as it is trying to expose the weakest points. Mm-hmm. in our society and just, just putting it out there that if people might not believe it there's so many directions that that the news um and journalists take everything and we're told oh this this source is all fake news this is real yeah in a society where there's so much information out there mm-hmm. it's really hard to understand and know what yeah and i think he's taking a very middle of the road point of view because he's going and attacking both Republicans and Democrats. And, I mean, he even threw shade at the media and said it was very liberal in uh, the episode from this past Sunday. Yeah, with his, his uh, conservative mm-hmm. character. Yes. So he's, he's playing characters that are very liberal and very conservative and 
kind of foreign and yeah extremely mysterious and yeah and so the difference between this and borat is that borat he is just solely one character and that is borat mm-hmm. who's a reporter from kazakhstan but this one he is uh he's multiple characters this i mean they, they even plot. they even added one this week that wasn't in the first one yeah and so i mean who knows how many characters that he has portrayed over this series and I'm sure we'll find out as the series continues. But, I mean, there were f- four in the first episode. Four different ones. I believe so. And then he did kind of the same ones plus a new one in this one. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he's... I, I don't know. It's it's crazy how many characters that he plays extremely well. And the show is entirely interview-driven. Mm-hmm. And from the outside, you might think... Oh, there's there's a lot of pressure on these people to say all sorts of stuff, but from what I've seen so far, he's very relaxed about getting this stuff from people. There might be certain lines that he says that that leads them a certain way, mm-hmm. but in reality, it's not like these people are being pressured to say racial word or extremely sensitive phrases mm-hmm. or. Um, to talk about they're not being pressured to talk about things like he in the in his dick cheney interview from this past week's episode he is they're like going through the conversation and stuff and he's kind of making jokes here and there about you know his name and things like that and then he brings up the fact that uh dick cheney accidentally shot someone on a hunting trip and made it uh he asked him because they were on a quail trip and he literally says you were hunting vice president quail and he's like no 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 that's not that's not what it was and so he explains what happened and he just keeps like oh surely you didn't accidentally shoot him surely he did something like he slept with your wife or something like that and he's like no one just accidentally shoots someone he's like well in this case that is what happened and so no one's pressuring him to talk about that he's just asking questions and he is trying to expose something that is ends up not being anything out of the ordinary i mean it was just an accident from what he got from it well he's very relaxed in how he approaches oh yeah yeah the other people in his interviews it's i mean i've seen him take a lot of blame for tricking these people Mm -hmm. and saying oh we were lied to and yes I mean, in a way, that's true. He is playing this character, and mm-hmm. he wants it to be very believable. He does whatever he can to make these people believe that he is whoever he's playing. But it's them well, saying what they they're say. They're not even always upset. Like there was um, that tweet about the the art gallery. I guess expert or lady. I mean, it was yeah, a lady. she was. I don't a, know if she was some sort of art critic art or critic or yeah something from the first episode that she thought it was funny and that she was honored to have been a part of it almost, even though that, uh, that part of the show is really awkward. Like it was really awkward because he is playing a character who was in prison and had just recently got out and wanted to show his art to the world. Mm -hmm. But his art is on like a piece of cardboard and he is, supposedly painting it with his own feces yeah and so the fact that she was like i think at the end of it she literally was like i think you have 
you're onto something and you are completely going to change the face of art as it is known. And I was like, really, that's, that's probably the craziest thing I've ever heard. But I mean, she thought it was really funny and she, she had a good laugh about it, I believe, which I mean, his wasn't nearly as bad as some of the other ones. So the one from this week that has gotten lots of media attention is the Georgia state representative. I don't remember. What is his name? Jason Spencer. Yeah. And he has gotten a lot of flack because he, uh, shouted a racial slur multiple times through the N word. Um, and so he said it at the beginning during that bit. And then he also said it in, at the end, whenever they were filming like a fake, mm-hmm. I don't know, message toward ISIS. Um, and then he also has gotten a lot of flack because he dropped his pants and cause they're doing like a terrorist I don't know, like how to defend defend yourself against a terrorist attack. Is that what it is? Yeah. So his character, the Iran Muhad, what is it? Whatever. Iran Muhad. He's apparently an Israeli like anti-terrorism specialist who develops all sorts of training techniques, and somehow there's there's so much Islamophobia in the U.S., especially among politicians and specifically like republican politicians and they just believe it and go along with this and part of what happened to spencer was that he believed that somehow what exactly did he do he, he was told that you can identify uh, you can identify a terrorist by it's it was the full covering is yeah. what they were talking about and you can get a selfie stick and, and act as a Chinese tourist, and then he like was very racist about being a Chinese tourist, and you put it like under their dress and take a picture, and so you could like see if they were strapped with like a bomb or mm-hmm. a gun or something like that. So willingly take an upskirt photo mm-hmm. of a person in a Muslim dress. Yep. To see if there's potentially a weapon strapped to the thigh. Yep. And he didn't think anything of it. Nope. He thought, oh, he, this is all... He was like, this is a wonderful a idea. A great way to yes. identify a potential terrorist. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that they poked at him about with that was because he he put in that... Um, was it that he did... He wrote a bill or something that yeah, was trying he to be passed? Pro- he introduced the bill, which was... It became known as the Burka ban. But he said in his interview that... He didn't want it to be known as a burqa ban. He wanted it to be known as an anti-masking statute because he said a burqa ban sort of, I guess it was more on the side of being First Amendment. The the phrasing burqa ban would not go over well. Yeah, because of the religious reasons Mm -hmm. that are behind it. But saying it's an anti-masking statute for public safety... Apparently, we're took it away from better. yeah. Mm-hmm. Took it away from being a violation of religion and a public. And the second thing they pointed something. out about him was that he had, within the last year or two years, threatened a black colleague, a uh, another female black politician, that she may go missing if she. It was it was something to do with the Confederate statues that if she proposed to remove them or take them down, that she might go missing. And so that was yeah, seen as a direct threat that. from him. So obviously this guy aligns with this Southern pro, not pro-Confederacy, but... Um, it was very racist. Yeah, it's it's really like this Southern, very mm-hmm. old-fashioned way of thinking that showed that 
in the South, him, and he directly represents his constituents as well. He's an elected mm-hmm. official in the state of oh, Georgia, yeah. showing that this guy and the people he represents, there could be lots of Islamophobia and the racism. Yeah, and the homophobia. Yes. And so that the last part was that mm-hmm. he so, dropped his pants. So the way that he, he duped him was they did the one where, mm-hmm. um, it, I don't know, it was to prevent like being taken, I think, about like by a terrorist, I think is what he, he said it as in the show. And it was that you have to get the attention of those around you. And so he's like, so how do you get the attention? And he's like, uh, you start screaming. And he's like, no, the fastest way to do it is to say the N-word. And so he starts like shouting these racial well, slurs. And then he like looks at him and is like, no, that is not the right N-word. That is vulgar yeah. and not not acceptable or something like he, that. And so he the, very clearly set him up for that as a racist saying. Yeah, I think the only thing he said to him in that situation was that he's like, you need to scream for attention. Remember, there's only one. Remember, like, the N-word is the only unacceptable word in the English language. I don't know if he said unacceptable. It was something along those lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't tell him to say it or no, anything. He He's didn't. like, that's the only unacceptable word. And then he just went to screaming it. I thought he did say something about that. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was, he just took that as that is the best way to get people's attention is to shout the N-word as loud as possible. Yeah, his willingness to say it. Oh, he had no question about it. He just immediately started shouting it. And so there was, that is uh, something that, was brought up in the media um, as being a reason to resign, but he refused to resign. And then the other one is that he dropped his pants because he basically said that Islamic people are homophobic is what he was referring to. Yeah, because he, said... he, he was like, if you take your pants down and put your buttocks toward them and back up and start shouting um, like USA and I, I don't know, if I touch you with my butt... I mean, you're going to be homo- yeah, yeah, he will turn homosexual. into a homosexual. Yeah, that's what it was. And he, he led this Georgia State representative to believe that ISIS militants, if they are touched by, like, the bare butt of another man, yeah. that they then believe that they themselves are, are homosexual. homosexual. Yeah. And it's a way to essentially, Golly. like, disarm a terrorist. Yeah. Cause he he whenever he like backs up to him he like throws his gun up because he has like a gun in his hand whenever yeah. they're doing this exercise and he like he's like stop get away, but I don't know I it's just insane that people just go along with this stuff mm-hmm. like they so, have they have no one of the lawmakers they have no objections to it they're yeah. not even like uh there's a camera in here why are you filming this uh-huh. they just like go along with anything he asks them to do basically it, it, this one is so crazy so far. Or the, it's the most crazy, it's the craziest interview that's happened so far, by far, I th- I think. And when you simplify it, a lawmaker in the United States is that willing to take upskirt photos, of, shout the uh, n word of a woman, shout pull a his very sensitive down. word, pull his pants down. Yeah, and and in part of lawmaking in the U.S. is counterterrorism measures there is a need for laws to be in place that reduce our risk of because america is at a or the united states of america is at a huge risk for 
And it's very sensitive attacks. after things like 9-11 and yeah. events that have yeah. happened in the and past. And so their willingness to accept behavior like trying that to... That could be counter-terrorist <laughs> measures. I mean, it's they're just it's like crazy. open to anything, apparently. This guy was a lawmaker. Still is a lawmaker. Georgia. Because he refused to resign. He still is a lawmaker. I don't understand how these people make it in office. I don't know. I think um, another one is about Corinne, where she Mm -hmm. is like, but I didn't do that. They're going to know. Because they're asking her to do something for a charity. And it was about how long she was in Sierra Leone because she went and she just like makes up this crazy story because they basically asked her to or told her to. They were like, well, if you'd only say you were there for a week then no one will believe you. And she's like, well, if I say I'm there for longer, they know that's not going to be true. Yeah. But she's just goes for it for, she so, said she's been there. She went for a month and then he moves the conversation from that to, there was a warlord there mm-hmm. and the warlord recognized her and that saved 6,000 people is what she comes up with in, on the spot. And so it's just, I think that is a good portrayal for, the Republican lawmaker as well, because people uh, act a certain way in front of a crowd or in front of a camera, or if they are told to, to be portrayed in a positive light. Whereas in reality, they could not be what they portray themselves to be. Yeah. Let's backtrack a little bit. So who are the characters from the first one? There's, there's the, the Israeli, um, more on the conservative side, if, if that you... that uh sasha plays yeah yeah okay so he's he's Israeli been... really militant guy mm-hmm. he's been interviewing conservative high-ranking conservative politicians mm-hmm. so far um and then there's the uh very liberal dad the um guy who's he's got long hair and he's bald on top mm-hmm. and it was funny he he took like the extreme liberal approach to this one but he's like i'm a uh white heterosexual male mm-hmm. for which i apologize yeah that was pretty funny i know when he said that you laughed really hard the first time and you watched there's it. there's a guy in prison who mm-hmm. the guy who made art in prison yep. that was just a random character that i don't was think so that random i don't understand why that had anything to do with who is america and like what he's trying to push yeah i, I think it was just for that one interview because i mean it wasn't like most of the other people that he's interviewed, people know who they are, but like no one even really knows who she mm-hmm. is. And so I don't know if that was on purpose and it was taking the spotlight somewhere else. Uh-huh. And so just seeing how normal people are as well, or if I don't, I don't, under, I don't quite understand where that fits in with his agenda that the show is going towards. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that guy, the prison guy. And then there was um, the truth brewery, the guy in the in the in the wheelchair. Yes, the guy in the wheelchair. That guy's so funny. One of the funnier characters. <laughs> oh a very gosh. conservative, and so he, he just like the way that he does the whole show is so funny. Yeah, but like it it is very real because these people are not acting and they're not being paid to be an actor in this show. Like it is a very yeah, they're uh, they're giving interview. appearance money, but they are not paid. None of this is scripted. No. It, uh-uh. This is real. Yep. It's not like a reality TV show yeah. where things are scripted, even on reality TV. Mm-hmm. It's just more real than like a set. Mm-hmm. And 
the actors with specific lines. So in that in that first one, it was it was Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. and that was a pretty funny interview. That it was the conservative, it was like conservative, almost conspiracy theorist, and truth seeker. He had a website called Truthbrary, mm-hmm. um, which is poking fun at library. And I went to the website the other day. It is hilarious. Let me look this Which up. Which one? Truthbury? Truthbury. That's an actual website? Yep. I thought they just made that up for the show. No. Oh, dang. Apparently, this was enough to get him media credentials. No way. That's so, so funny. Because library is an actual website, right? L-I-E-B-R-A-R-Y? It might be. Or is that something they made up for the show as well? I don't know. I feel like if he said he was from truthbury.org or .com or whatever it is and didn't have an actual website to show people that there would there would be no interview because it's not actually yeah. believable. But if they made it just for the show, then yeah, I could see I could see so, how that he would Let me read this bio this of the website. Uh, he's a very pro Trump, obviously, by this website and obviously by the interviews. Pro Trump, <laughs> very conservative. Very pro Trump. The one from the Sunday was so funny, dude. Yeah. This bio says this website is is truthbrary.org it is a collection of studies and investigations carried out by Dr. Billy Wayne Ruddick for the good of the American people. Now it the time. <laughs> typos <laughs> everywhere. Now it the time when the American people must take back control of our media. The mainstream media cannot be trusted. They have their T-H-E-R-E. They have their own agenda and are beholden to the whim of the deep state and the Illuminati. We must take control of our facts and our truth. We must stand together to fight the dark forces of Clintons and Muslims and godless peoples to stand strong for our religious freedom and hold forth for what is right in our country. Now is the time for the silent majority to come together and the and is spelled A-N-S-D together (laughs) and sink out our truth. Oh my god. Is this still going? That's it. That's it? That's the bio. (laughs) But what's scary is the amount of people that fits so well with find the show truth in too. this stuff. And that that fits so well with the show too. Yeah, like the one from I don't. What did he talk about with Bernie Sanders? I don't even remember. It was when he said so because Bernie Sanders he kept pushing that the one percent have too much power in America. <laughs> yeah. He says, so, "What if you take the ninety nine percent? Why not put just put in the one percent? The ninety nine percent in the one percent." <laughs> and and then, Bernie Sanders, he was like, "But." You can't do that because that's a hundred percent. And he like shows him the math, and he's like, "So you have the one percent over here and the ninety nine percent over here. So if you move the ninety nine to the one, you have a hundred ninety nine percent." It was it was so funny. Oh my gosh! And then the one from Sunday where he's like, "They say that Trump." did not have as many people at his inauguration as Barack Obama. And then he has that picture of Trump's inauguration from the audience. And there's a clock that he calls the white house official clock. Yeah. And it says, it's like a road sign that says 1156 PM. And the photo is <laughs> it's in middle the middle of the, of the day. And the guy was like 1156 PM. So you're telling me that four minutes before midnight, it's 
broad daylight. And he's like, yeah, it was during an eclipse. And he's like, oh, <laughs> really? And he's like, yeah, it was during a solar eclipse. And the guy was like, during a solar eclipse, it's completely dark. And he's like, no, it's not. And he's like, yes, it is. It's a lunar eclipse where it's actually bright outside at night, but it's not that bright. It's not bright enough to light up the whole place like that. Oh, my gosh. That one is really funny. That's funny. And who he was talking to there was Ted Koppel, who was an ABC broadcast host. Mm -hmm. And he's been one of the more liberal characters on the show. These large media outlets by... I mean, you could you could tell that he was very mm -hmm. liberal from the way that he like answered things. And... Yeah. Who his base was would, would think that this guy was like one of the controlling artists of mm -hmm. this uh, fake news phenomenon which was very funny because he showed him these obviously photoshopped oh, photos yeah. of the because he said that obama uh, yeah and he's like is this does this look like obama's inauguration and he's like yeah yeah and he's like well if i zoom in to 35 times magnification you can clearly see that these people in the audience are in fact fake people and they are dolls yeah <laughs> And so he's he's oh gonna gosh. get so many more people. Another one to look forward to is Sarah Palin. Oh, he does Sarah Palin in one of these. Yeah, and so that's she, gonna be she funny. claims that he lied about being a wounded veteran, and I'm assuming it's the the wheelchair that she assumed he was a wounded veteran. That's what he said he was. That's why he's in the wheelchair. Yeah, well, he said he was in the service, and this says he wrote her a letter after she claimed that he lied to her, saying that he was in the service. And the letter says, Vice President Palin, <laughs> I am Dr. Billy Wayne Ruddick, founder, CEO, accountant of truthbrewery.org, and it was I that interviewed you. He added an accountant to that. <laughs> founder, CEO, and accountant. I did not say I was a war vet. I was in the service, not military, but United Parcel. <laughs> he was a postman. Hey, <laughs> get this. And I fought for my country once. All right, I only fought for my country once. When I shot a Mexican who came onto my property. <laughs> oh my god. And this is the stuff that got him interviews. It's insane. Oh my god. In parentheses. Just like our brave president, I was sadly prevented from joining the regular 2G's <laughs> army on account of bone spurs discovered in my testes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It keeps going. I have always admired you for telling the truth about Obama's birth certificate and the location of Russia. <laughs> but ma'am, I do believe you have been hit by a BS grenade and are now bleeding fake news. You used to hunt the most dangerous animals in the country, like wolves and people on welfare. <laughs> so why hunt a fine citizen journalist like myself? I demand an apology. Signed, Dr. Billy Wayne Ruddick Jr. So that was his response for her saying... That it goes to so dude. much of an effort to make this so believable, dude. Oh my gosh. And so there's so many 
very the website design is terrible this somehow got him oh, media free. credentials obama is a kenyan and it's a gif of him just shaking his head yeah some of the oh headlines of articles on this website are obama is a kenyan 16 more reasons to question uh 9-11 crooked hillary fake news written by real jews it's insane <laughs> signs that hollywood oh is run gosh. by the satanic elite oh my gosh and for us i mean this show is hilarious yeah because i mean it is a comedic show because he is definitely a comedian and i mean i mean he is an actor and he's but it literally says that he is a british actor comedian screenwriter and producer and i mean he's i think he's doing every one of those in, yeah in this show no doubt which is <laughs> that's crazy oh it's so funny oh my gosh but it is it is exposing the truths of america so i don't know mm-hmm. and i entirely urge you no matter where you align politically to watch this show i think you are doing yourself a service well by i watching mean that's, this show. that's one thing is that it's not it's not left directed and it's not right directed because he's poking fun at both yeah and basically saying i don't know why i mean i know you guys are so against each other but why mm-hmm. and it it has been uneven and who gets embarrassed he pokes fun at both sides with his characters but in terms of the interviews it has been so far one-sided oh yeah in making gop politicians look like complete idiots um and it's it's very terrifying to see who's in power mm-hmm. especially within that circle of, of very conservative politicians and so i think we talked about all of last week uh, this week's episode we discussed jason spencer I and think, how his career is pretty much done yeah i think we've kind of talked about everything man yeah um i don't he talked about he he had a girl from the bachelor and the story behind that he pretended to be like an italian photographer mm-hmm. who that was the one with uh, Corinne. Yeah, he yeah. he. She was huge on The Bachelor, and most people really? hated her. But like while she was on the show, I think it was The Bachelor. I don't think it was The Bachelor. I don't mm-hmm. know if she was a Bachelorette as well. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But um, she yeah. just lied about doing all this charity work. Well, and she it, what what I thought was interesting was that she at the beginning tried to be truthful about it, mm-hmm. but. He was like, oh, well, that doesn't sound very good for a charity. Like, we're not going to get the money if you don't lie about it. And then after that, I mean, she's kind of like, yeah, but... And he's like, you you need to do this. And she just, like, went along with it after that. Another big name interviewed was Dick Cheney, yes. former vice president. We did talk a little bit about Dick Cheney. And fun fact. <laughs> so, during this, he they talk about waterboarding, which I don't even know if I know what waterboarding is. It's like a form of torture where basically you pour water on somebody and oh. can't breathe. Yeah, so uh, Sasha's character in this portion talks about how he waterboarded his wife because he thought that she was cheating on him. And he pulls out his bottle in the middle and has Dick Cheney sign it. And it ju- I, there's an article today that says, Who is America? Sasha Baron Cohen puts Dick Cheney signed waterboard kit on eBay. I knew it was going to go on eBay. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god! What's what's the price at right now? Uh, I have no idea. They, I mean, I'm sure it's already sold. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that thing will probably sell for quite a bit, and they'll give money to charity most likely. I mean, that's what I think would happen. I have no idea. 
But Dick Cheney was very responsive to some of these mm-hmm. outrageous questions. Like he asked him, what was his favorite war? And serving as Secretary of Defense, Cheney's responses were not exactly, they were pretty unsettling to say the least. What was unsettling about them, in your opinion? His answers, it was not like he recognized value in the lives that he was sending overseas. Yeah, I agree. He talked a lot about... Um, there was a, He said he... He talked about a lot about like the technology and stuff. Yeah. And then he also... Um, he was like, yes, we sent half a million... Yeah, like bragging about all these numbers. Just, we yes. sent all these people overseas. And we like, accomplished this we much. We just put half a million people's lives in danger. And sure, that is what they signed up for. But uh, it's just like they're drones that he's sending out. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether they come back or not. And It he, almost had that kind of a... He like, said to Dick Cheney, he said, you killed all these terrorists and like thousands of would-be terrorists. He said 100,000 terrorists and 700,000 possible terrorists. I think that's what he said. Yeah. And not much reaction. But his willingness to sign essentially like a torture device was crazy. Um, But I think our loser this week, who looked the worst, was a toss-up between Jason Spencer and the town of Kingman, Arizona. That one was bad. That was one one we have not talked about yet. That one was really bad. I'll explain what happened. So Kingman, Arizona, not sure where it is, but after watching that, I'm not sure I would would want to know if I would want to pass through. It looked like a very small town. Small town, yes. Majority white population, I'm sure they're Native American populations as well. Um, And I don't know. It literally sounded like it was just white. Yeah, it's... And there were a couple. There were some yeah. some blacks because they very clearly in the show were against even the black people being there. Yeah, they were like, because the whole the whole thing about this scene is that he's trying to push a mosque on yeah. their town. The setup was that he said there's like a three hundred eighty five million dollar investment that we've chosen Kingman for, and they're like, that's great. It's going to bring so many people, so much business here. And then he said, uh, okay, it's going to be the largest mosque not in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And they started booing. They, like, threw a fit. Yeah. And they said it's a mosque is basically training ground for terrorists. It's yep. a sign of terrorism. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and then he says <laughs> that one of the guys is like, we don't want a mosque. We don't want Muslims in this town. There are black people here, and we barely tolerate them. Yeah, it, the one guy in the back straight up said, I am racist against yes, Muslims. he did say, I am racist. He was like, I'm not saying any of y'all are racist. And then one guy was like, I am racist, actually. It was absolutely insane. Um, it's an older crowd. Several people walked out on this. It, a lot of people walked out. A presentation. And then at the end, the guy's like, there was a reason that we couldn't bring weapons to this meeting, huh? Because you knew that whenever you tried to push a mosque on us, that we would try to shoot you. Oh, my God. <laughs> it it is insane. The, somehow the conversation got to... It was like a focus group almost where he was presenting to them, getting their thoughts. They started saying, oh, we don't want this mosque. And the, the, it was very funny. And one of the writers credited was Nathan Fielder, who has a show called Nathan for you on comedy central funniest show I've ever seen. 
And I think he oh, had a lot to do the, with this Is scene. that the reason you said something about that? Yes, it is the oh, funniest show. You told me about Nathan for you, and I have yet to watch an episode. You'll watch it sometime. But I think he had a lot to do with this scene. It feels like a very Nathan scene. Oh, it said he was a, he was like the lead screenwriter. Yeah, he was, he was one of like. the lead writers in this. But he, they had two options for the mosque. And design one was like a pretty big mosque. <laughs> and then there was design, design two, two was, was huge. huge. Yeah. And yeah. they just got mad. And then he was like, okay. What I thought was funniest about that was that they very clearly sh- photoshopped a mosque in yeah. their town. And then they copied it and <laughs> made it highway. bigger and put it back behind it in yeah. the scene. Just off the highway. And they said, okay, this is what Kingman will look like once we put in the mosque. And it showed like a dusty street corner with like two businesses. They were like, this is what it looks like now. No one there. They were like, and this is what it looked like with the mosque. And And all they did was change the signs to like. The signs were now in Arabic. And then there was like one person. Oh my gosh. And it didn't even, I couldn't even tell what they were dressed in. I I was laughing too hard to even notice because what I noticed <laughs> was this single camel. It was like two people added to the shot and a camel photoshopped in. No, it was the same people. They just had on like yeah. Muslim okay. attire. Okay. That's so funny. And they just freaked out. And they turned, there was a car there at the beginning and yeah. then there was a camel. It turned into a camel. <laughs> they freaked out and oh my God. he said they're not welcome because... They think all Muslims are terrorists, and it was insane hearing that, and you know that stuff's out there. You know there are circles where this hate is just rampant, and this homophobia is just rampant, this Islamophobia, and this show is doing an incredible job at just putting it out there, and it's very eye-opening. Again, I'll say this, no matter where you align, or whether you support this sort of like sneaky comedy style where people are being duped but <laughs> like when he said hey let's take a dick pic to dick cheney and then took a selfie with him <laughs> yeah uh, uh, but it shows the the lack of intelligence among politicians and the racism oh, in our no. country it, i don't know if it's the lack of intelligence or if it's the lack of awareness because it's I mean, not... those people are intelligent. Yeah, but they're not aware of what they're doing. Obviously, if they're willing to just do anything at the drop of a hat, it shows their willingness to be openly racist, to be openly homophobic mm-hmm. and Islamophobic. And if deep down, if they are against this stuff, it shows how willing they are to do something for a little bit of money, which is super scary. If you've elected a politician and see that they're willing to do something like that. Yeah. So it's very eye-opening for the American public. And I think we need to take a deep look in the mirror and think about who we've put into office. Mm -hmm. And he's poking fun at both sides, but the conservative side of these interviews have looked terrible. And there are very brilliant conservative thinkers out there who need to be in office. Mm -hmm. And I I think part of that is just the, the willingness Mm-hmm. of these people that they're picking because i'm sure i don't think any just anyone is yeah it's is open to extremely that. targeted yeah. they know who they might get i'm sure there are some interviews that failed yeah like the first one where they have the um kindergartens yeah we haven't even touched yeah. upon that well, they... I, we're about out of time but um so the kindergartens is they they believe that the 
source to school shootings is to arm children in school from age four to 16 mm-hmm. and that, or that's their training period i guess yeah. is who they and so they kindergartens as they're called they were basically endorsed by a number of uh, all sorts of republican yeah. politicians they got um they had a bunch in that former very that video they made about joe walsh um all these big mm-hmm. lawmakers and, and republican politicians but they got them to openly support arming children arming children yep. arming toddlers with very high capability weapons oh yeah taking these into like schools. some of them are even like rpgs and bazookas and stuff it shows how crazy people are in power mm-hmm. and and how willing they are to ideas that are absolutely insane yeah oh well but do yourself a service and watch this show yeah it's shocking hilarious terrifying but no matter where you stand who you support i think it's very eye-opening seeing who is in office it, it's just a, a great show so much credit mm-hmm. it should go to sasha Baron cohen for exposing stuff like this putting it out there if you enjoy the show spread the word so let's do pointless facts. I think we have talked about everything. My pointless fact this week is that most American car horns honk in the key of F. Pretty good one. Yeah. I, I literally just F. Googled pointless facts. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a whole list, dude. There's a list of, uh, let's see, how many are on here? 500? 449 pointless facts. Mm. Hey, this week, my pointless fact has to do with unrealistic body expectations for women so barbie Mm -hmm. the doll if a barbie doll were life-size her measurements would be 39 inches 23 inches and 33 inches i don't know where those measurements are but that's what her measurements are so it says she would stand seven foot two oh my god yeah wow if you translate those measurements of a barbie doll into being life-size jeez that's kind of terrifying. Can you imagine a Barbie doll being life size? That would be terrifying. Seven foot two. That would be insanely terrifying. And it pushes the like very tall and thin, ideal in quotes. Yeah. Female body. I think that's insane. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, it's been a fun one. Um, I mean, we didn't have to do a ton of research for this one, so no, we that was just that was, watched. The that's episode. always fun whenever you just like watch an episode and then talk about it. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any questions that you would like to be featured on the show, download the Anchor app. If you're already on the Anchor app, leave us a message. It's not that hard, and I can pull them off and feature them in the episode. So that's something that's kind of cool. Um, so if you want to be featured leave us a question um if you want to interact with us you can tweet us at question at hand on twitter leave us ratings five stars is always appreciated you can say anything you want on itunes um we are on multiple platforms now so if you prefer a different platform from like apple Podcasts or the anchor app or spotify i mean we are on 10 platforms now so you have a number of options to choose from so thanks for tuning in christian do you want to say anything yeah i just read this so car horns are an f uh-huh 
I just read on this Pointless Fact website that houseflies hum in the key of F. So is the key of F the key of Earth? It might be. I don't know. We've solved it. What, what else is an F? Because F, musically, is like a strange key. I Rarely know. you see something in the F. I don't know. Well, extra pointless fact for the night. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Peace out.